Russia's defense ministry says it has killed more than 600 Ukrainian servicemen in a massive rocket strike on buildings in eastern Ukraine, temporarily housing Ukrainian forces. Russian Defense Ministry spokesman Igor Konoshenkov says the strike on Kramatorsk was revenge for Ukraine's deadly attack earlier this year on Russian barracks in Makivka, in part of the Donetsk region controlled by Russian forces. As an answer to the criminal attack of Kyiv regime in the first minutes of January 2023 against the location of temporary deployment of Russian military personnel near Makievka in Donetsk People's Republic, the command of the United Group of Russian Troops carried out a revenge operation. Over the past 24 hours, Russian intelligence service has discovered and reliably confirmed through several independent channels the temporary deployment points of the Ukrainian forces in Kramatorsk. There were over 700 Ukrainian servicemen in Dorm 28 and over 600 servicemen in Dorm 47. More than 600 Ukrainian servicemen have been killed in massive rocket attack on these locations of temporary deployment of the Ukrainian forces units. Ukraine's armed forces have rejected the claim. They say the strikes caused damage but did not destroy any buildings and there were no obvious signs of casualties, says Mikhailo, a witness who spoke to Reuters. There was an explosion, and then another explosion. The windows shook. There were a series of explosions. Really, there's nothing else to tell you. Just a normal day. Sergei Cherevati, the spokesman for the Eastern Group of the Ukrainian Armed Forces, says Russia does not have the capability to deliver high-precision strikes. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says Russia is lying. The world has seen again these days that Russia lies, even when it draws attention to the situation on the front line with its statements. Russian shelling of Kherson with incendiary ammunition right after Christmas. Strikes on Kramatorsk and other cities of Donbass, precisely on civilian objects and exactly when Moscow reported on the alleged silence of the army. More threats from Russian officials to Europe and the world. All this when Moscow was talking about the alleged truce. No attempt of Russia to manipulate diplomacy and politics will ever work again. He adds that not much has changed at the front lines during the first week of the new year. The situation on the front line has not changed significantly in the first week of the year. Heavy fighting continues in Luhansk and Donetsk regions. Every hotspot in these areas is well known. Bakhmut is holding on despite everything. Although most of the city is destroyed by Russian strikes, our soldiers repel constant attempts of Russian offensive there. Solidar is also holding on, although there is even more destruction there and it is very hard. Russia and Ukraine have taken part in another prisoner swap, with 50 servicemen returning home on each side. Released Russian prisoners were recorded aboard a bus where they were briefed. Each of you received a bag full of gear. There's underwear, cigarettes. In 15 minutes, all of you will be given mobile phones. They have SIM cards in them. You'll be able to phone your family and loved ones. Welcome back home, everybody. Now, as they say, at home even the walls help. Aboard the Ukrainian bus, it was all song and cheer.
Meanwhile, Sweden is confident that Turkey will approve its application to join the NATO military alliance, but cannot fulfill all the conditions Turkey has set for its support. Sweden's Prime Minister Ulf Kristersson says. Turkey both confirms that we have done what we said we would do, but they also say that they want things that we cannot or do not want to give them, and now the decision is with Turkey. Finland and Sweden signed a three-way agreement with Turkey in 2022, aimed at overcoming the Turkish government's objections to their membership of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. They applied in May to join NATO after Russia invaded Ukraine, but Turkey objected and accused the countries of harboring militants, including from the outlawed Kurdistan Workers' Party, also known as the PKK. One sticking point has been extraditions of people Turkey regards as terrorists. The Turkish government expressed disappointment with the decision late last year from Sweden's top court to stop a request to extradite a journalist with alleged links to Islamic scholar Fethullah Gulen, blamed by Turkey for an attempted coup. Meanwhile, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has promised the families of those killed when Iran shot down a Ukrainian civilian airliner in 2020 that Iran will face accountability. He was speaking at an event to mark three years since 176 people were killed when Iran shot down Ukraine International Airlines Flight 752 near Tehran. Two weeks ago, we initiated a process to bring the Islamic Republic of Iran into binding arbitration to ensure accountability and justice. We worked alongside the UK, Sweden, and of course Ukraine, who are dealing with the horrific invasion by Russia, supported and aided by the Islamic Republic of Iran. But Ukraine and President Volodymyr Zelensky ensured that the measures were taken so that we could move forward in time for the third anniversary. And I want to thank the Ukrainian government and Ukrainian people for standing, even as they grieve through their losses, standing with the people of Iran. Mr. Trudeau says if Iran doesn't comply with demands for arbitration, the matter will be taken to the International Court of Justice. Assam al SBS News.